Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Gilberto Silva show. Once again, we are back, me and my friend Tim Chase. We are on a different place of the world. I'm in Stew in Brazil. I don't know exactly when I come back. How are you, Tim? Everything okay. good with you? I'm good, yeah. mate. Yeah, not too bad. It's obviously scary times at the moment. Um, so uh, I think all the schools are obviously going to be shutting down today. So, uh, so yeah, scary old times at the moment, isn't it, mate? How's things uh, observed in Brazil? Uh, people are very concerned about uh, the coronavirus, as everywhere in the world, and we have to, to take care of ourselves, our families, and uh, follow the instructions. And because of the instruction, yeah, I have with me some alcohol to put in my hands. Now, this is what I'm doing basically, you know, just most of the time. But now, sometimes I use like uh, like a, a cream because I use also my body. Just you know, <laughs> it's hand wash, man. It's not shower gel. But it is um, it's a very strange moment for all of us. Very tough time, and uh, it's important that everyone be concerned, follow the instructions uh, that the government uh, are giving to us, and uh, see how long it's it's gonna gonna be like this this situation but i hope that um soon possible everything is going to be solved yeah yeah it looks like everyone's you know it's obviously dark times and scary times i think because no one really knows no one could say right you're going to be ill for two weeks or ill for seven days this is how you're going to feel you're going to come out at the end of it and everything will be fine there's so much miscommunication in the media um, no one really knows exactly what's going to happen, and that's the, the kind of scary part. No one knows what's going to, what's going to, um, kind of with regards to food. And obviously, there's people buying toilet roll everywhere. If you say your loved one going to get sick, there's so much lack of information around. Uh, I think that's a scary thing. And you know, scary times is you as an individual, so you as a parent, and, and then in the right of future things of the world. So, so yeah, so exactly what you're saying, mate. Wash your hands. It's kind of trust in the, in the government and the medical services. Uh, and trying to support the medical services as well, you know, their parents and their family members as well. And obviously they're going to do some things. So, so yeah, it's all, we're all in this together, you know, so let's uh, stick together and, uh, and get through it. I think what has to be important for, for everyone is don't uh, send a message if they are not sure about, uh, uh, if the message is true or not, you know, just be careful. But, uh, send a message in, on WhatsApp group, you know, taking every information from the internet and use it as a true story. You know, just be careful just to avoid cause even more trouble for the population. Yeah, what makes more panic? Exactly. Then panic. And the one important thing, you know, I, I'm thinking about regarding all the situation. I think this is the moment that everyone must stay together. You know, I've seen a lot of people going to the supermarket and buying everything, you know, I'm scared of uh, in a few days there are no more food. But it's important the cooperation of everyone just do what's necessary for them. Because if I go there, for example, and buy everything there, some of uh, my brothers, as we call brothers, yep. not have food for to eat. And uh, but it's important also all the for the commercial, you know, the all the markets not use this moment 
to make money, unnecessary money, take uh, this uh, this tough time and uh, put the price very high to use this moment to to explore like the population. This is very important because what I've heard in some some situations, for example, an alcohol like this costs about one pound, let's say, and people put uh, like about ten pounds. People have to have a common sense to give the hands and help as much as you can. You know? This is important for everyone. I think this is a, one message I want to deliver across that um, people just help each other. Now, it's yeah. not the most I can use my condition to make money towards somebody's fear. It's not good. No, absolutely. I completely agree with you. But I've also seen um, some situations where it's actually bringing the community together. So the, uh, where I live is a small village with about 8,000 people in. And they've created um, a Facebook page for the village. And then everyone in the village has a street that they look after. And they get a little piece of paper. And they put the name, uh, their address, and their phone number on it and said, Here's my number. If you ever need anything, let me know and I'll come and deliver you stuff. So it's for like the old people, people who are sick who can't get out. So you basically take what I get what they want, leave on their doorstep for them and help them out. So it's also bred a lot more community spirit amongst people. Um, yes. There's always been bad people. And then I've seen in the, in the, in, in the press and things and on videos online about dolphins being in Venice, you know, because there's no humans there. There's dolphins swimming around the cows of Venice. Uh, and then the population over Italy and China's all, all not disappeared, but drastically reduced because no factories are open. It goes maybe, maybe, maybe the coronavirus is the antidote to the human being. You know, we're the problem actually. In this tough time, uh, we can learn a lot from it because I've seen some video yesterday on social media, where people from block of of flats and uh, play music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Allowed to go out, and but they are play music. You know, I'm in my flat. Somebody in their flat. You know, they got two guys. You know, one play piano, the other one saxophone. And um, it's a moment of reflection. I bet everyone, how we want you know uh, the words to uh, to be for the future. You know, for us, for ourselves, for our our children. It's important a moment for everyone to reflect about it. And I hope everyone learn, you know, on the hard level, this tough time. And um, to make the, the world a better place for everyone, you know, to be more humble, to help people who really need, but be more generous to people, not just think about themselves. I think this is a, uh, it's a moment of uh, reflection for everyone. Wait, but, I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah. But so, in spite of fact, all this, you know, we have like um, our podcast here running. We're trying to deliver the best message as we can to this tough time. Yeah. Another one interesting thing now, we don't have. We've done the grown up bit. Let's start acting like children again. <laughs> we don't have predictions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We make fun of ourselves because our result was not so good. Was not so good, but maybe when the football starts, and hope it, it can start very soon, 
and uh, we this this moment where we uh, we don't have the position maybe we come back stronger you know now maybe goals. maybe we never talk about it again <laughs> <laughs> we, we pretend so we pretend like it never happened the listeners don't ask about it they don't want us to see it anymore they hated it they might have hated it as much as we did <laughs> we enjoy we enjoy but it's fun. it's fun for everyone to get involved yeah, I think it was, was, was good because um, people got involved in it. I think people are expecting us to to have a dinner, to go for a dinner yeah. together. And uh, just the point now, when I can return to the UK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But never mind. Yeah. We'll do yeah, whenever we can. Maybe we can do, maybe we can get some delivery to send them some food and we can do like a, do like a voice chat like this. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, uh, in spite of uh, we don't have a position, we have another, another topic to talk about. Yes. Like, um, what did you select this time, team? Well, Mr. Silver. Um, so we are going to continue our conversation about captains. So last week we spoke about sort of good captains you played for, great captains you played for, El Capitan for uh, uh, Cafu. Um, and we were going to start talking about, we've got two more coming. So one more, this one is going to be about the role of Brazilian or Arsenal, and then the other one will be the one we miss out. So who, this, this question will dictate which, which one we talk about next. So where are you captain first, Brazil or Arsenal? Arsenal. Okay, so we're talking about Arsenal. <laughs> 06 or 07. Because um, this time, Thierry, uh, Spent most of the time injury, and I was the vice captain in the ta- that time. Mm-hmm. And uh, suddenly, you know, after his injury, I, I became the, the, the captain. And the uh, interesting thing, I became also the, the penalty taker. Not nice. so bad. What was your record? Do you remember how many penalties you scored? About six, five, six. How many did you miss? No, I, I missed two penalties. <laughs> <laughs> United. I sleep just when I got the ball. Oh yeah. They, they, and one against Porto, this against Porto was so ridiculous, man. Wait, did you uh, try to hit very hard, but I, I put the ball in the stands. <laughs> this is crazy. But you know what was the crazy thing about this game? Because we after we had another another penalty. And Julio Batista, I was going to, I took the ball, I said, I'm going to take, because now I'm going to score, I'm going to do things different. Yeah. He said, no, leave it to, leave it to me. If to me, I'm going to do this. Okay. No problem, fine. He missed us all. Go on, then. Was it? Left, in the left top corner. Yeah. He, the other side, you know, he missed the game. <laughs> I don't get to him, I love me, you see. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, we, we won, you know, this game as well. Like, we won against Manchester United when I go or whatever. You know. It didn't really matter. But, so, I mean, we've seen it before and we've kind of seen about players taking the ball off, other players to take a penalty. Do you... You're obviously quite a relaxed kind of guy anyway. Did you did you put up a fight and say, no, I'm the captain, I'm taking the penalty? Did you just go, fine, you can miss as well? 
no, I was okay. Because um, he in the training center, in the training ground, he, he trained, you know, as well, like myself. Yeah. I know, but because I've missed the first one, in his position, you know, obviously he wants to. Okay. And uh, came to me and asked him, oh, leave it. Let, let me take the pen. I said, okay, yeah, no problem. Mm. But um, just a kind dog way, okay. Be sure you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Was there a, was there a little bit was there a little bit of you when he missed? Was like really pleased because <laughs> you weren't the only one. But when when I missed and just put it his <laughs> like this, his hips. I look at him. But you know, in the end of the day, we won the game. And this was. It would have been quite so funny. The fans wouldn't think it was so funny if you had lost the game and two of you missed penalties. It would be ridiculous. <laughs> but nice. we managed to win the game. This was important. Nice. I like, um, you know, in spite of the fact I was the captain of this game, it's not about for me, just uh, that I cannot let other people do things, you know, especially because he was uh, uh, taking a penalty in the training session, after the training session. Not a problem because it was kind of guy who was not uh, on a daily basis, and then you see, I'm not so sure, but because he was doing that, I, I didn't see any problem. Well, shows how much you know, you missed <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, apart from that, did you enjoy being captain? Yeah, it was um, this when I became captain. Oh, and then I really realized um, how important this role in uh, in England, you know, in the in the, uh, the English clubs. And because I had a great captain in Boston, Patrick uh, Vieira, was really good, you know, to see him the way he managed, you know, his role towards the, the players and uh, taking the responsibilities. And then you have to take the responsibility of the team, you know, to guide them, to lead them. But especially by example, you know, and being a captain for me is not about change myself just because I was a captain. It's just using my skills, being myself to help the others. And um, but obviously, you you have to understand what's your rule, what's the message you must deliver to the team to encourage the guys to help them because. Um, in the end of the day, you know, you must uh, uh, show up for, for the whole games. And uh, when things are bad, they will look up to you and without saying anything, you can say, oh, what now? What, what are we going to do? And you have to be ready to respond with attitude. Yeah. So which were the, which were the toughest players to captain? People that kind of gave you a little bit of grief and weren't very easy. So sorry, just missed a little bit. Sorry, who? What do? You, which players were hard to captain because they were miserable, didn't want to train, uh, or just always messing around? Was there anyone that was kind of tough to manage? That uh, to captain. In general, was was okay. Was not so bad, you know. And the guys they really understand because, um, uh, as I mentioned, I became captain this season because Jerry got uh, injury. And before Jerry 
You know, we had uh, Patrick Vieira, and uh, having Patrick Vieira before, you know, the mentality was there in terms of captaincy. Then Thierry uh, became the captain. Then myself, you know, followed Thierry's uh, injury. You have a kind of idea what is uh, is to be captain of Arsenal at that time because you have like the, the you know the the steps. Yeah. It's just Ooh. Yes, yeah, so Tony Adams, Patrick Vieira, Thierry Henry, you as a clear progression. Message, you know, as a captain. Just about you know, the continuity of um, personality. Of course, you have your different personalities, but you know, the way of uh, what do you want from the team, you know, the right attitude. Yeah. So, in general, the guys was okay. You know, of course. Uh, everyone has their responsibility. They understand that. And they have their personality as well. Just about, I think, for me, the most important things when they look onto you and respect you. Because if they respect you, they, they will follow what you say to them. Because what you want in the end of the day is to win the games, to win trophies. And, um, but it's important when they see uh, this leadership on you. If they yeah. see them and respect them, they follow everything. Nice. So are you telling me that you had no problems with the manual added by all? No, I did not You know, it's sometimes, you know, him and the African boys, they were, you know, they, they have a, a, a small community in the dressing room, you know, have him. Is it a blue way? Yeah, call it away. But in the end of the day, you know, they they were okay with uh, because they respect me. Um, you know, the way I think I've always been nice to them, talking, but you now have some fun as well in the dressing room. They like to have some music in the dressing room, dancing. This is the moment where we let's say you can have that because you have done your job properly, and but when you have to. You go to the game, you have to be serious and take your responsibility. Uh, the boy was, was nice. You know, we had a very nice conversation. Sometimes, you know, what from them, what seems to be a little bit, not crazy, exactly, but a little bit, uh, let's say, over excited was yeah. uh, Emmanuel Boy, you know, dancing. Sometimes he was over excited, dancing by. Apart from that, you know, they were. They are, you know, they are very nice guys. They were very nice, you know, very professional. And uh, but when I I felt that something was not right, I had to push them. Hey, come on, I need more from you, and uh, let's work. But in general, they, yeah. we didn't have any any big big issue in dressing. That's disappointing. I hope you I hope you tell some amazing story about a man like boy or. Um, strange situation in dressing. Why would you have? You know, this is a. Uh, Sometimes I don't talk about it um, and some stories. You know, it's just um, trying to, you know, I, I try to focus on the positive things. But when I when I say that we didn't have any big issue, you know, I never seen any problem there because I was in a position that I was trying to, you know, to manage. Uh, the place in the restaurant, but also you know to help them. And sometimes they were like um, 
there was kind of uncertainty about uh, uh, if we were doing things right as a team, what we have to do, discuss things. It's important to have like some time and opinion about the, the, the guys in the dressing room because uh, they see things in a different way. And this is part of um, the improvement you, you make as a person, as a professional, listen to the others. Uh, for me, it was important to listen to the other players, you know, even though if they were younger or if it was another senior player. Yeah. I think what was really confused after that was 2007, 2008, my last season. This dressing room, you know, was pretty confused in terms of uh, this role because then I was not the captain. Okay. So did your relationship with Arsene Wenger change um, when you became captain? No, not really. Huh? You know, I, I always been the same person. You yeah. know, uh, treating people, despite the fact I was captain or not, you know, before being a captain. It's not for me, it's just about being kind of leader in the dressing room. You don't need to have to wear the, the armband, you know, for people respect you in the dressing room. It's about the attitude you have on the example you give to people, the way you respect them, because if you respect them, they respect you back. Yeah. If you don't give them the, the right respect, you know, the respect they, they deserve. They need, they, they, they don't look up to you and say, this is the guy I respect. Okay, he's a good player or whatever, but it's not a person I respect. You know? yeah. Yeah, for me, it was all about that, you know. And in being this role as an example of uh, professionalism, and, but also uh, as a human being, you now be there to help the others. Because mm-hmm. after... Uh, finish my my training session, finish the games, and then you go home. You know, you you have to feel that you are a normal person like them. You know, the, the guys that um, work for the club. Yeah. Okay. But we we always had a, the the same uh, kind of uh, relationship. I, I didn't change. Our sense didn't change in this moment where he appointed me as a captain. Mm-hmm. So what were your kind of responsibilities as a captain for Arsenal? Where did they kind of start? Uh, I guess the training, you was just leading by example, but was the most difference on match days? Is that where you noticed the difference becoming captain? Yeah, then, you know, you, yeah, I felt that the, the difference when I became captain because uh, at some point, you know, you become a, uh, an important figure in the dressing room towards the other players. And um, you, you can see how people uh, sometimes go to you. They, sometimes they, they came to me, hello, captain. You know, not only the players, but, you know, the guys from the staff. And um, before being a captain, I observed that, you know, observing Patrick Vieira especially, and how everyone, you know, uh, behave towards him, you know. Totally scared. <laughs> I'm not exactly scared, but they respect him. Maybe the, the younger players, they always care about him. The poor guy, you know. And yeah. uh, would be a little bit uh, intimidating. But uh, especially about respect. But 
him, you know, when he has to say something from the fields on the training session, he was a bit scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, comp comp when you're in competition, right? The professional competitive person comes out of all of you, I imagine. Exactly. <laughs> and it was like uh, he was. But for me, it's like, um, you know, observe this attitude of uh, other persons, you know, uh, the players, you know, look up to me as a captain. You know, you want, you, I could identify, you know, the slight difference before uh, being a, a captain and the, when I became captain. Mm -hmm. But um, uh, once again, I said to you, I, but uh, the, the important thing for me, because even before be a captain, people respect me. Mm -hmm. And uh, be a captain later on is just a continuity, but they see you as, oh, now he's the main leader of, uh, of the team. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, it's, I don't know, maybe, you know, some people at some point aspire to be a captain at some point. And uh, being there in this position, for me, is just show the best example for, for the other players because when they have that chance, they would have something uh, important to, to follow and uh, improve with that, improve that skills. Nice. Um, so right as you're talking, I'm writing down some things, otherwise I'll forget them. My memory's as good as yours. Um, so did you have to do more kind of interviews, post-game interviews, more fan involvement? Um, yeah. No, not, not quite, because sometimes you share, you split a little bit, you know, because Jerry is still there, also, you know. Yeah. And, um, many times, you know, the, the, the primates, he, he did the, the interviews, but I have done a few of them. And, um, but um, the post-match, uh, most of the post-match, I was a regular player, be uh, for the interviews. And, um, Sometimes it was, it was not the thing I really want to do because sometimes I had a tough match. And um, the journalists asked me you know, some tough questions. You have to manage the, the questions, you know, the way you answer them, the best way. Uh, even when you have a bad game, try not be too hard in the media towards the players, but leave to wash the clothes, you know, the expression you, you yeah. use. Yeah, wash your, wash your laundry in public, wash your dirty laundry in public or something like that, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, just, you know, talking uh, in the dressing room with the guys, listen, we had a bad day in the last game, just, you know, we have to work out. And, mm -hmm. yeah. How When you do have a bad game, how does that affect a player? How does that affect you? Let's say, sorry, um, when you did have a bad game, how does that kind of affect you guys? Well, how did it affect you personally? If it is there a difference when the team lost, um, but you played well? Is that a different feeling? So if you won, the team won, but you had a bad game, tell us how you, how you kind of felt. Tell us how bad when you had a bad game. <laughs> That's the question. It's, it's, it's terrible. Is it? It's terrible. It's not on a ball. Sometimes you, you lose a game. And um, but you play, let's say you are happy with the way we play. Sometimes you win the game, but you don't play well. But sometimes you 
you don't get the result and play shit. <laughs> we had this age, these days, you know, it's very hard because um, I always been so competitive. I always worked very hard to win the games during the weekends. Of course, you know, it's impossible to win all the, all the games, but uh, you have to leave the field satisfied with your job. The, the work your teammates did on the field, and when it, it doesn't happen, it's a nightmare for me. This was a nightmare for me because, uh, listen, we didn't deliver a good, set, a good work today. You go home with this, this feeling. This is tough. Was, for me, it was really tough to accept because um, I, I could admit, you know, not play well, but I have to give everything on the field. This was the feeling I want everyone to have. Yeah. But not always like this, you know, and um, sometimes, you know, I had to call up the players and say, come on, um, was not, we, we didn't have a good game. You didn't have a game. You have to, have to improve. And uh, you have to be alert all, all the time because um, if you don't correct for the next game and uh, change your attitude, and then you have another bad game, another bad day, and then again, this becomes quite normal. Yeah. <laughs> you get comfortable in failure. Exactly. It's not, uh, this is uh, unacceptable. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, so, what was I going to say? So, you mentioned about journalists uh, and after the game, asked you tough questions. Can you remember any stupid questions that a journalist asked you? So, any sort of questions that stand out that you just go, what the fuck are you asked me that for, mate? Listen, uh, I know, honestly, I never bother too much about the questions um, yeah. made to me because of that job, you know, we can, we can call it. You know, it's just a question, whatever we might say. I think that what was uh, very important for me delivered the right message. You know, he can ask many things he wants. You know, I had like tough questions every time. Uh, for example, I'll give you an example. After Copa America uh, in 2007, when I returned to Arsenal after the preseason, I spent most of my last season on the bench. And I will ask. You know, they asked me a lot of hard questions if our sin was right. Or, uh, because then I, I didn't become the captain after Cherry did the team at Barcelona. And I didn't become the captain. I, then I, I ended up on the bench. You know, a lot of tough questions if he was right or not of uh, having these, uh, uh, make these decisions. Uh. But I never, I always, you know, try to, to answer the best way. Maybe he, you know, I don't know how he came, uh, came up with his decision, but it was his decision. He was the manager who had to respect me another day. Oh. Even uh, in some cases, you don't, do not agree personally or internally. With yourself, even though if the other people call me and say, "Oh, he, you know, nobody understood what he did," you know, hmm. I, you know, it was not about to be the captain; it was about play the games. And then I was, you know, let's say, not in a good mood. No, 
as watching the game on the bench. Yeah, were you disappointed in the way the time finished Arsenal? Because obviously going from Kobe always winning that captain. But how did you, did you win anything? Oh six, oh seven. Did Arsenal win anything? No. Oh, that's that's why, mate. You're a shit captain. Um, <laughs> um, and then obviously come back with Copa Libertadores. Um, and then you just kind of benched, no captain, and benched. So you kind of, and then you left the next season. With all you've done for Arsenal and all you've achieved, being invincible, trophies and things, were you kind of, not saying that it's Arsenal's biggest fault or anyone's fault, were you, did you kind of feel disappointed at how it kind of ended? Well, I think for my last season, you know, I was expecting to, to play, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because uh, before, I always uh, came back late because uh, I was playing for the national team. And this time again for Copa America, you know, in 2007. And uh, when I came back, also the, the team had, had done the preseason already. I came back late. And uh, then after the, the third match, I still not play. I said, what's going on? And then I spoke and he just explained that he was going to use Flamini and Fabregas because they played in the preseason. I said, listen, this was a normal situation for me. I always came back late. Yeah. Then, you know, he kept the same team and uh, I play, I didn't play many games in the season after I made the decision to leave the club, you know, to Greece. But of course, I, I wanted to maybe to finish my, my career at Arsenal <laughs> would be great. Yeah. I was feeling good. Uh, in this season, I didn't play many games and I was feeling very good. Mm-hmm. After that, I went to Greece, of course, the level of football is different, but I was feeling very good. I think I could have uh, stayed a few more years at the club, but sometimes things don't uh, work in the in the way you think. Yeah, you, sometimes they're out of your control, right? Yeah. Think sometimes things are out of your control. Yeah, it's out, but you have to. I, I always look for rules, and I never. I made yeah. it to make, and. Uh, uh, I take the responsibility of my my own decisions. In the end, you know, the, the, the proposal comes up next game, and then I said, okay, um, maybe it's time to, to change. And uh, it was crazy because I left the club, then Matthew Flamini left. Yeah, everyone left, everyone fucked off. <laughs> they, they didn't bring players for the position. Uh, Fabregas yeah. leave as well. What? Fabregas leave as well. But you know the plan was after maybe I could not run as much uh, as a central midfield. I could be play as a centre back. You know this was the plan. Yeah. And um, but listen, you, you have to take the responsibility. You know I, I never really do that. No. Maybe be a little bit patient because I I still have one more year contract. But then. Because I didn't play, I didn't know. I don't know if I'll play the next season again. Yeah, and then where would you, would you go? Another club? Yeah, but it is about a decision. Yeah. No, you can only make a decision that's right at that time, and only time will tell if it's the right one. Then I, I made a decision. You know, you, you have to live with that. But uh, for me, you know, I'm six years of at Arsenal. It's amazing when I look back, you know, despite the fact that last season 
didn't work as I expected. I, I only focus on the good memories and the good things. Even we've all seen if people say, are you angry with him? No, we are friends. Yeah. I respect him. Yeah. I, have my, I have my opinion in terms of um, the decision he made of not, um, let's say, of keeping me on the bench or not giving me the captaincy. I have my own opinion. I keep it with me. But, you know, he's uh, the person I really respect. I, we, we see each other from time to time, you know. I consider him as a good friend and as a person I really admire. You know, mm-hmm. It's not because we have this situation my last season that I lost the respect to him, lost the, the admiration. It's not that, you know, it's just about something that, you know, he has his, his way of thinking about the about Arsenal as a as a team, as a club. And I just have one picture. You know, yeah, about... you, 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 you. <laughs> and, and, you're, and you're obviously not going to be happy about being dropped. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But now, you know, from outside, we understand it better. <laughs> well, exactly, exactly. Um, so I was gonna, also, I've, I've written down a few questions as you were talking. Oh, I can't read my, I can't read my writing. Out of, um, so the team that you, you were captain of there, the 06, 07 team, was there anyone in there that you thought would go on to be a good, a good captain? This was an um, uh, interesting thing because um, at some point, uh, the dressing room became very young. And then uh, in my last season, William Gallas became the captain. Uh-huh. He just came from you know the season before from Chelsea, and uh, okay, I I don't think uh, that uh, things work well uh, after that. But you know, see from the younger players, I could see a guy like uh, Fabregas to become a captain. He became a captain later on, mm. but. Um, it was quite sad to see him leave the club, but my opinion... It was a shock, wasn't it? Yeah. I mean, I was, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but I was shocked. I mean, he, he certainly seemed like he was like Arsenal through and through, you know? Yeah, yeah. For me, it was that they seen some other younger players, you know, after I spent a few, few, few years there from their early career at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And then the moment for me, for them to be like replacing my generation, and then they left the club. But uh, Fabregas was one of uh, the younger players that I I could see him, you know, be, uh, become the, the the captain of Arsenal for you know for more years than actually he did. Yes, you meant, and you mentioned earlier about you want you would have loved to finish your career at Arsenal. Did you sometimes players you can just naturally see them? They are like John Terry is Chelsea, Frank Lampard is Chelsea. Did you kind of have like a a personal was like Arsenal in your heart? You just felt it, you you were Arsenal. Do you know what I mean? It was the perfect club for you. Is that kind of how you felt? Yeah, yeah. Well, that time. Um, Seems like before I, I go to Greece, you know, seems like there was an opportunity to stay in UK. I'm not wrong, I think it was Everton for two years contract. But I decided to leave, you know. Um, 
I, I was not, let's say, inside of my mind and heart. I was, I think I was going to feel very, very strange to play against Arsenal. Mm. After spent six years in the club. I cheated on them. You know, it's, it's strange, you know, because I don't know how, about the other players when they spend a lot, so many years in one, one club. And then they change and face, you know, the club they played for a long time. How, how does it work? But uh, being up at Arsenal, it's the club I play, you know, uh, I stay long, l- longest in my career, you know, for 60 years in a row. I never stayed so long in a football club like Arsenal. And, um, but for other players, I don't know how it works. But for me, it seems like it was going to be very strange, you know? Uh. Yeah. So was there anything in particular that you kind of like? Was it the stadium, the fans, the Arsene Wenger, the players? Was there anything? Was it like everything just fits into place perfectly? Or was there something like Arsene Wenger is keeping me here? I love him and I'll do whatever he wants. Or Vieira or the team or the winning? Or was it Highbury? There's so many things that it could potentially be. The, the training ground staff? Anything? Me Arsenal. And as a club, as an institution, it's like a family. It's, the thing, it's how I adapt myself from my first day. You know, it's like you arrive there and the first day you feel home. It's like it's part of my family, it's part of uh, everything for me. And this was the feeling. And uh, from the first guy I met in the training center was the, the bodyguard in the gate until the manager. Yeah. You know, this was awesome for me. You know, having all this smile, the face, you know, the, from everyone in the club treating me very well. I think the whole, the whole contest is not about uh, the stadium, about uh, the fans, or about the name, the brand, but everything that uh, is part of the club. Everything just kind of fit and, and, and was important to you. Because, like yeah. we said, when we went to the training ground to film with. Uh, Robert Pires. Yeah. I'm not an ex-Arsenal player, and even when I wasn't walking with you and Robert, everyone there couldn't have been nicer to me. Are you, are you okay? Do you know where you're going? What you're doing? And then it was lovely to see you and Robert being embraced by the training ground staff. Even the, girl, the woman on reception came running out and gave gave you a hug. It's, it was almost like going into somebody's house at Christmas, and all the yeah. family are there. It's like it was lovely. That's good. This was. Uh, Pollocking, I got given by the training ground staff when I went on the pitch. <laughs> no, we were too long on the pitch, was it? Yeah, but this was the feeling. This is the feeling every time, even now, after I left the club, every time when I returned to the club in Brazil uh, later on, and uh, after uh, being retired, you know, the feeling is the same. You know, it seems like I'm still there. You know, when I, I meet uh, the people, I, I spend time together. People I know who knows me spend time um, together in the training center. Mm-hmm. It seems like I'm still there, you know. Sometimes I, sp- I spend about more than a year uh, without going back to the club. Or when I call the people, when I see them, you know, they smile in the face. You know, my face is, yeah. is amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was lovely to see as well. Um, so, yeah, so it was nice to see. And I'm sure the Arsenal fans listening to this would love the fact that you were felt you did feel you weren't a mercenary. You did absolutely love Arsenal. 
uh, and we're sorry to leave. So I'm sure the fans will be glad to hear that. Uh, I'm glad you didn't go to Everton as well. <laughs> Anything you, know, you want to... Not like that, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't mind Everton, but um, Arsenal fans might not. Uh, um, so, was it what you expected being an Arsenal captain? What I was... Ex- I expected. Expected, yeah. Is it everything you expected? Was there anything that surprised you that you you, you had to do or that came with the role? Uh, honestly, when I started being the captain, I was expecting uh, my role being much harder. Oh, so it was easy. Yeah, it was easy because uh, I think the concept uh, about the captain was there already. I didn't have to change things. I didn't have to be like... Uh, oh, now I'm the captain, I have to show up that uh, I got a power. It's not about that, it's not about power, it's about being uh, the person ready to help people, ready to push the others in the same direction to get the results, you know, to be like uh, one, to be the leader on the field, in the dressing room, in the training session. I think this was, um, for me, I, I think the main, the main point I have to observe and follow because I have uh, good examples before me. Mm-hmm. Well, honestly, I was expecting to be much harder. One good thing I didn't have to discuss about bonuses, stuff like that. You didn't have to. I didn't have a thousand. This was okay, you know, because they have their plan already about it. But you know, I think the the good bonus is when you win the competition. I think it's the main thing for me. Yeah, money goes, but you always get a trophy. Yeah. The trophy always with you. Win the games. You know, for me, the, the big bonus for me was win the games, play well, and uh, win trophies. And after that, you know, other things come. But I think this was the, the, the three main points for me. Nice. Anything you want to talk about? Any points you want to bring up? I think it was, again, it was okay. I think yeah, we had a recover quite well. My time as a captain of Arsenal was, uh, was a fantastic experience. You know? I, I think uh, when I became a captain, or uh, one thing I, I really want to mention is that um, working with the guys at work was really important for me. Having Patrick as a captain, then Thierry, but also having guys in the dressing room like Martin Keogh, so Campbell, in the dressing room, you know, the English players as well, was really important for me because I've learned so much from them, you know, the culture, the mentality, you know, seeing Martin Keogh talk about Arsenal, real Arsenal man, you know, real English English mentality. I've learned so much uh, through these guys and uh, Actually, was a role model as a captain for me. Were you? And, uh, did you? Sorry, mate. Did you captain Martin Keown then? Were you the team? Were you the captain Martin Keown was in the team? No, no. I was going to say, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> you might, I was going to say, you could must have stories of Martin Keown if you were the captain. Um, um, would be weird, imagine. I'm captain before <laughs> him. You know? I, I was going to feel a little bit weird, you know, if yeah, I was, yeah. was not. But um, this is about uh, leaders uh, in the dressing room, how important they were, you know, because uh, 
they were not, he was not the captain, it was Patrick, but he was one of the leaders. Yeah. Another one, uh, Cherry, Dennis, and So Campbell, you know, Lauren. All those guys, you could appoint any of them to be the captain of the team. Mm. They, they would do a great job as a captain. Do you think that was a deliberate recruiting strategy by Arsene Wenger? And why the Invincibles were invincible? It's because everyone was a leader. You didn't have to worry that the captain was had. Maybe that's why you didn't have such a tough job being captain, because everyone on the team was a fucking leader. When you have this mentality, it's, it's very, uh, things become much easier. It's in, in, a, in a certain way, but very demanding because these guys, they demand a lot. They demand from the teammates, they demand, demand from the manager. They, 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 they don't accept things so easy if they do not agree, for example. But um, in a positive way, they cooperate with uh, all the system. They, they help, you know, okay, I see things on this way. They give their opinion. This is important because it's how you grow up as a team. Because uh, the manager might, might say something, giving, you know, what he has in mind. But me or other, the other guys, as a player, we have our vision inside the field, straight from the manager. But when we, we talk, uh, it's much easier to, you know, to add, um, to have the, the best result. This is what we did. And for me, you know, that's why I mentioned how important these guys were for me when I became the captain of the team. You know? because, because the time we spent together, I've learned so much from them about so their culture, their style, their personalities, and take, you know, a piece of everyone and add to improve my skills and to help in the best way I can. Put a little bit of Javerta Silver Flair on it. Always <laughs> up to learn, up to improve, and uh, red to the bottom. Nice. Good man. So, last question. How did it make you feel when you became the captain of Arsenal? Uh, this was amazing. Amazing feeling. When I became captain, I got so many phone call from friends around the world, you know, congratulations yeah. captain. And uh, it seems like you became the president of some <laughs> of a country, something like that. Because um, I if I'm not if I'm not wrong, I became the first Brazilian captain uh, <laughs> at Arsenal. Is there any other Probably. Brazilian Probably. Probably. You already know, don't you? You already I, know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> probably in the Premier League but yeah. you know, it's a big achievement big because, uh, when I came to England there was not many Brazilian players playing in football Juninho maybe Juninho we had Juninho before yeah uh, Juninho there was one guy played for Newcastle called Mirandinha as okay. old generation and then, you know, I had Silvino and uh, Juninho, then some other guys, Doriva, I think it was And uh, the guys came after us. But um, before, not many. Mm. And um, this is a good to make uh, research later on. 
if I became the first, I'll find out. <laughs> we'll have a look. So maybe one of your fans can tweet you. Yeah, but it was a massive thing for me. It was a massive thing, I think, especially for the Brazilian people, Brazilian uh, football fans. See one of uh, of theirs uh, in Navy football become a captain of a massive club like us. You know, this kind of thing that made me very proud when I look back. Um, how did you find out? What, what, how did you find out that you became captain? Oh, it was more or less on course because uh, I was the vice captain. Jerry was the, the captain, he was the vice. And then he became injured, and um, naturally, uh, just you know, start play, kept playing, and became the captain. Mm. But he spent injured. On this way, you know, uh, through this, I, you know, almost quite unofficially became the captain. Mm-hmm. But at um, the end of the day, you know, uh, because it took so long for him to recover, and um, everyone see me as a captain. So did Arsene call you into his office and say, I'm making you captain from now on, or is it just a text message? Or... No, we spoke there in Senegal. As it was a natural situation, yeah. because he was the vice captain. You know, he didn't have to say much about it all from now on. But it's just a normal procedure because of uh, Jerry's uh, injury. Mm-hmm. I just have just follow up. You know, the the, the course uh, of things and um, do what I have to do. But. Yeah. Once again, I'll say it's a proud moment. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Well, I've talked enough about Arsenal from now. I'm sure you'll go on for ages, but I've heard enough about Arsenal now. It's a big, you know, it's, it's good conversation, though. It's nice. You know, Arsenal, question, as you can see. And um, I, think probably, I think we also messed around less in this podcast than we ever have on any others. It's respect from me to the, to you as the Arsenal captain and to Arsenal fans. How little I, I mean, I'm going to swear a couple of times, but we didn't mess around. You know, we were, pro- we were it was like we do this for a living. It's like it's our job, and we're grown ups. Uh, that's good. That's, uh, that's, we, we are still learning. Learn yeah, yeah, always learning, mate. Learn every day. Fantastic. Take care of yourself, friends. You too, mate. And um, keep yourself safe and your family. Once again, thank you everyone for watching us. See you soon.